0: What's up, world? Welcome to another episode of I Bleed Sports. As you know, I am the host, Brandon Janu, and on all podcast platforms over, Brandon Janu's show. Um, social media platforms, Instagram, TikTok, Threads, Facebook, Brandon Janu show. And, of course, YouTube channel, Brandon Janu show. I uh, hope you guys enjoy this uh, craziness going on in sports. Of course, football going on. Um... You know, I got my crazy six. I got my uh, eyes on college football for week 12. I got my big four of the NFL this upcoming week. And, of course, levels of warning for the NFL franchises this week. Of course, also some baseball news and boxing. It just actually happened today. So, a lot of boxing news. Um, But let's get into it, man. So, I want to start off with college uh, basketball, actually. Um, So, College basketball started, what, last week and already upsets everywhere in the men's and women. Um, it was a crazy, crazy week last week, uh, to start off college basketball, uh, for the women's side, it was LSU, you know, women who actually, um, LSU women who was ranked number one, of course, winning the championship last year, um. They got pretty much beat down by Colorado last week, first game of the season. Uh, Speaking of losing first games, UConn lost their second game of the season to North Carolina State. Um, uh, When it comes to the men's side, you had, you know, Duke lose Arizona. Um, Last Friday, you had uh, Michigan State losing their first game to James Madison. Uh, and, of course, last night Villanova lost to uh, Penn, uh, Pennsylvania. So what does that mean, technically, right? <laughs> <laughs> does that mean? I feel like with college sports, college sports in general, but more so basketball, we're starting to see a lot more teams that aren't afraid of these juggernaut teams anymore. I think that every team feels like they can beat these superstar caliber college basketball teams where, you know, Duke, it doesn't feel like Duke anymore. They don't have the same allure It's Duke, but it doesn't have the same allure as it was like when Coach K used to coach it, you know, or, or like Kansas or anything like that. Like last year's final four, I should have told you about how college basketball is starting to look because what it was like San Diego state in Miami and I know UConn. I can't remember the I can't remember the four team that went to to you know the college tournament. I can't remember the four team, but it was like some weird uh, team. It was like a it was like a team that nobody even expected. It was like, like what the fuck is this? And that's kind of how I look at this. I look at the whole sports, especially basketball. Like nobody's afraid of these teams. I feel like you you can play and you you know now it's a lot more parity going on in college basketball than I've ever seen in a, in college basketball, is which is rare to say, um, going into college basketball. Um, what do I think of the first week of college basketball? This is exactly what I expected. I mean, a lot more upsets happen midway through the season than now, but I think a lot of these teams need to lose early now to say, okay, that shit can happen. We need to be on guard for that now. So I think that a lot more teams are going to be wear, very, very, very more aware of that. Speaking of that, I mean, tonight I think they're doing, the, you know, the, the Blue Bloods, uh, you know, the big two games of the to start off the season, you know, week and everything. Um, I know Duke is playing uh, Michigan State. Like I said, Duke lost Friday to Arizona at home. Michigan State lost to James Madison at home the first game of the season. And I want to say Kentucky and Kansas is playing also tonight. Um, yeah, I got to fact check that. But I think it's Kentucky and Kansas also tonight. Um, which is going to be a pretty good game. I think that as far as I'm concerned, man, um, there's a lot of good – college basketball is in a really good place with the parity, with, with the teams that are starting to make names for themselves. Because I think – The problem with sports is, yes, we love dominance, but we don't love dominance to the point where it's just like we don't need to tune in. We know who the fuck is going to win, and that's the problem with college basketball that that they've had for a long time is that sometimes you just don't even get the interest of it anymore because you're like this team is just – we already know Duke is going to crush whoever the fuck they play. Uh, Michigan State is going to crush whoever the fuck they play. We don't care. And I feel like, in the same thing with the women's basketball. UConn is going to crush wherever they play. South Carolina is going to crush wherever they play. We don't need to watch this because we know who's going to win. Excuse me. So that's a good thing that college sports is starting to, college basketball is starting to become that. And it's not just college basketball, it's college sports, like I said. Which brings me to the, to the NF, uh, college football. Now, the scandal with, with uh, Michigan is going crazy. And uh, I feel like this is how I feel. The reason why they suspended. Uh, Jim Harbaugh for those three games at the end of the year is because the saying is they have an unfair advantage Michigan has an unfair advantage so for the college football to work is now like okay let's take away his head coach here's a crazy point Jim Harbaugh was suspended earlier in the fucking year he was suspended three games to start the season so if you were going to suspend him whatever what? I don't know what the fuck the allegation was at the beginning of the season they sus- got him suspended. So this is this man's been suspended for technically now going on six fucking games this year. If that is the case, you should have just let the man sit out for the whole fucking year. This made no sense to have him come back, coach these games, and now say, well, we got to suspend you again. It makes no sense. Like, that's the dumbest shit on the planet. And I'm seeing people trying to make this into like a personal thing of being like, well, Michigan, Michigan has an unfair advantage. Acting like Michigan and also recruit. Aiden Hutchison and and all these players the last couple of years have made this team look like they look the fuck out of here, dude. Like Jim Harbaugh's had good college football teams even when he was when he before he left to the, for the NFL. He's always had good teams. Like I don't know why the fuck people acting like this is like a shocker. But here's the problem with this. If Michigan loses at any point in the next two games to Maryland or Ohio State, I'm sorry to tell the big ten. You fucked up. Because at the end of the day, if Ohio State gets in the college playoffs, they're not that good. They're not going to stop Georgia. They're not going to stop, let's say, Washington or Oregon. Let's say Texas ends up in the in in big four, in the last four. Florida State, Alabama, they're not that team. They can't do that. They're good. They're okay. But they literally have a one-trick offense. Marvin Harrison Jr. Get the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr. Alabama's got a defense that can stop that. Oregon is a really good defense. Ohio State can't shoot it out with Washington like that. They can't. Texas is, for the most part, not great. But they can actually stop what Ohio State does, and that's Marvin Harrison Jr. And I feel like for a lot of the times, and especially Georgia, Georgia can definitely stop Ohio State's offense. The problem with this situation is, is like we're going to punish Michigan by – trying to get them to not go to the big to the to the to the last to the last dance pretty much, right? Try to make them not go to the semifinals, try to make them not go to the championship. The problem with that is for the Big Ten, you're gonna lose out on more money if Michigan doesn't end up in the college playoffs. Because there's no way in hell, I I swear, there's no way in hell Ohio State is better than Michigan. Get the fuck out of here. So you think you're getting a dis disinva- you're getting an av- you're getting your advantage back by telling Jim Harbaugh you're suspended for three games? That is actually going to hurt the Big Ten in the long haul. Let's say Michigan does lose to Maryland because Maryland is actually a really good team. They're seven and three. Um, so we'll Tua Valor's little, little brother plays and is the quarterback for Maryland. They have played some really good games. Actually, his little brother is actually better than Tua. A lot of people don't know that, but he's really fucking good. A um, little bit more athletic than Tua and everything. Um, Maryland's a really good team and Maryland can actually pull an upset over Michigan they have the defense, they have the offense they can actually stop Michigan they can beat Michigan and if they beat Michigan but Michigan beats Ohio State the next week then what the fuck happens because now Michigan's out the playoffs and now Ohio State's out the fucking playoffs and what you're going to say is well, Ohio State lost to Michigan but Michigan can't get in the playoffs because this so which one is worse, the fact that Michigan beat Ohio State or the fact that the two wins that Ohio State so happily have over these Notre Dame who's fell off the face of the fucking earth? And and now Penn State has lost to Michigan. Like, so when we sit up here and try to create this, this dynamic, the worst thing that could happen for the Big Ten is if Michigan loses to Maryland Saturday. But then they beat Ohio State the next week. Because then Ohio State's not making a Big Ten championship. Michigan still goes to the Big Ten championship game. Because they beat Ohio State. This is the dumbest shit. Like, this is, it doesn't make any sense to suspend a man at the end of the year just because you want to now say, well, they have a disadvantage. But the dumbest fucking thing about the disadvantage that they have is the fact that the disadvantage, it really hurts the Big Ten at the end of the day because Michigan is not at full power, Ohio State beats Michigan, then what? Because Ohio State still not better than Michigan. Yeah, you beat us, but you didn't beat us. You beat whatever the fuck we can – the carbon copy of whatever we can do. And here's the problem with this. I think Michigan's offense is still fucking on Ohio State. I don't know if Ohio State's offense can score on Michigan. I think Maryland can beat Michigan, but I know Michigan can beat Ohio State. So that's the fucking problem and the dilemma you just put yourselves into because at the end of the day, I don't think Ohio State just 100% beats Michigan, which puts the Ohio State Buckeyes and the Michigan Wolverines now out of the college playoffs. So now you really have a fucked up situation, Big Ten, because nobody's going to put Ohio State in there, even with the two wins against Notre Dame and Penn State, which, by the way, now – Looks shaky because Michigan beat Penn State. Not only did they beat Penn State, they beat them on the road in Penn State without their head coach. So now it looks really bad that you guys are now suspending Jim Harbaugh because I know Michigan can beat Ohio State without him. That's the crazy part. And it's going to be bad. If that happens, oh, my God, bro, you can put that shit in the box. But I will get what I want, what I've been saying, which is, you had to have Argon and Washington in the Final Four. Like, that is just the obvious decision. Like, you had to have them play for the college playoff championship. You had to. Now, next year, they're going to the 12 game, the 12 team playoffs, because this is the problem that you are now creating. If Michigan loses, but Ohio State loses to Michigan, then here's the problem Who the fuck represents the Big Ten? Now you got a problem on your hands. So it's better if you put the 12-game team, the 12-playoff team shit together because you're not making it past. (laughs) yo. like, this is smart that they're doing this now, which is going to happen next year, but also because of the college realignment. You know, everybody's going to different conferences. You need to have this happen. But I also feel like this is the year of, if anything is to be this crazy and this stupid to happen, if Michigan lose Saturday and they play Ohio State and beat Ohio State, and I mean beat them, like rout them, now yeah, Ohio State's not making the playoffs because Michigan gets the Big Ten championship spot over Ohio State. Congratulations, Big Ten. You're probably going to back yourself into a corner where you can't get out of because now – and by the way, Jim Harbaugh comes back after that game. If he comes back and they win the Big Ten championship game, what you going to say? What's the excuse? <laughs> What's the excuse? What's the fucking excuse? What is, the, what is this, this master plan of excuses? Because you can't now sit here and say, well, Michigan's the best team, and now they got their head coach. They lost. They lost. And the way you had been projecting them for the last couple of weeks in college play, football is that they're not the best team. They're the third best team, which I don't know why the fuck you have it that way. I don't know, I don't know, but yeah, that's stupid to me. I don't understand that that logic that lets us spin Jim Harbaugh for three games at the end of the year, so it can give these teams an advantage to get over this. But the problem with that is Michigan could lose to Maryland, but at home against Ohio State, they are gonna route them dudes. They gonna fuck. They gonna beat them dudes like a fucking drum. And it's all on the big. And that's the Big Ten's problem. Right there. not not in the playoffs. Congratulations. Because you can't sit up here and say they had a disadvantage. And then the, car, the head coach comes back after the, after the Ohio State game, wins the Big Ten. But then you're saying, well, they lost to Maryland and they have a disadvantage. So you're not getting the, the college playoffs. Anyway, like I said, my crazy six is here. And let's get into it. So number one is Michigan. I don't know why people are acting like Michigan wasn't this good. Already. I don't care if they got Jim Harbaugh or not. They had Jim Harbaugh. They didn't have Jim Harbaugh for three games to start this season. I know they didn't play nobody. They didn't play nobody. Okay, cool. Whatever. But this is you're acting like this is a new thing that they already didn't have Jim Harbaugh. They had Jim Harbaugh. They didn't have Jim Harbaugh for three games to start the fucking season. What are we talking about? You give them three games on a, you give them two games on a road, one at home, and one is against their all-time rival Ohio State. So Ohio State could try to be in a Big Ten championship game, and also get to college playoffs. But Michigan is the better team. I don't know why people are acting like Michigan is not this fucking team. I don't give a fuck if they had a disadvantage or not. They're just a better overall team. They're complete. I don't know if people want to admit that or not, but it's, it's it's fucking obvious. They went to Penn State this weekend and last weekend and beat them. To be honest, what you kind of routed the motherfuckers. They ran thirty-two run, thirty-two offensive plays in the second half. All of it was run. Let me say that again. They ran thirty-two offensive plays in the second half. Every single play in the second half was a run play. They beat Penn State twenty-four to fifteen. Why are we having this conversation? Michigan is number one. <laughs> Michigan is number one come on man stop it number two it's been a minute well hey, not really they haven't even been in my top five this whole year well top four but they made it today and that is the Georgia Bulldogs I'll put them in number two they had a not just a win and a destructive win against the uh Ohio uh the Ole Miss Rebels Saturday night. Now of course it was in Georgia, so let's be real. Um but that was that was a that was a a trumming. They beat the hell out of that team. Um the best offensive effort I've seen all season and the best defensive effort that they put out also all season. Um oh old Miss has an amazing offense. Uh Jackson Dart. As a, as a quarterback, all of the guys they have on that offense, and they could not do shit against that defense. It was competitive for like a quarter and a half, and then Georgia just routed them. Um, and I got to give that credit. I got to give them credit. They're going to be in the SEC Championship game. They're going to be playing against Alabama in the SEC Championship game. And I want to see how that's going to look. I think Alabama's offense still is dismal as shit. The only, the only reason why it's actually working right now is because uh, Jenna Moreau can actually run the ball. And I think playing against a Georgia defense that can actually shut that shit down and make him actually have to throw the ball is not a good thing for Alabama. Alabama's defense is good, but they're not Georgia good. So I expect that game to be a very hard, intense dogfight until like the second half and then Georgia just robbed him. Um, number three on my list is the Oregon Ducks. Listen, yes, I take into account Washington beating Oregon, but like I said also, they didn't beat Oregon like they dominated them the entire game. That was a hard-ass game to win. Both teams went back and forth, and let's be honest, if Oregon hits that field goal, they go into overtime, and they probably win in overtime. Washington's defense has took a complete and utter dive off the cliff after that game, and Oregon's team has been Way more dominant. Now they had a game against USC. Didn't have a great offensive output, but against a USC team that just fired the defensive coordinator, I did want to see if they were going to put up like a good fifty. Maybe they showed the mercy. I don't fucking know. But at the end of the day, Oregon is a better team than half of these teams. The only reason why I don't have them over Georgia or Michigan, it's just not better than them. Uh, and they do have that one loss, but I do believe this man. If they go into the like I said, man. They go into the Big Ten championship game. I mean, the Pac-12 championship game, and they play Washington, and it's the same type of game, but they win that one. Oregon's in the college playoffs. I don't think anybody can sit up here and tell me that they're not. Number four is those Ohio State Buckeyes, man. They're 10-0. Ohio State, man, like I said, Ohio State, you're kind of the luckiest team right now because you have everything pretty much right there in front of you. Thing is, if Michigan loses, you get the opportunity to go to the Big Ten championship game. That's a massive thing. The problem is you have to go to Michigan to get that done. And even with Jim Harbaugh or no Jim Harbaugh, I don't think you can do it. I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is a hell of a receiver. Might be one of the best receivers in college football in years. He might be to the level of what Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase was when they were at LSU. He is that guy. Ohio State has a good defense, but I also feel like Ohio State is in a position right now where it's like everybody's rooting for you to do it, and that's why I don't think you're going to get a chance to do it, because I think at some point you're going to to have to play Michigan, and I think Michigan is just going to force you to play their game, and I don't think Ohio State can do it, so yeah, you're fourth. But you better not lose to Michigan, man. I'm s i am swear, man, you better not lose. Especially if Michigan lose Saturday to Maryland, you better not lose to Michigan. Oh my God. Coming in at number five is Washington. They're 10 and 0. Um, like I said, Washington's defense took a complete dive off the cliff. Now, last week Utah led, I think, twenty-four to tw- no twenty-eight to twenty-four. Um, going into halftime, and then that defense actually showed up in the second half. Now, of course, that was the dumbest damn thing you can have done as a, you know, a defensive player is pick the ball off, run it back to the end zone, and then drop the ball before you actually enter the end zone. That is the dumbest shit. Deshaun Jackson did it a long time ago. It's still one of the most boneheaded players, plays in football. Make sure you actually cross the fucking goal line before you just throw it back like it didn't matter. Don't do that. I believe in this, man. I think that Washington's a good team. That offense is still amazing. Michael Penix Jr. is still going to get his numbers. But that defense got to wake up. That, that That is not a good situation. And this week they play against Oregon State, who's also a really good fucking team and has a really diverse offense that could do some damage. So if Washington's defense don't show up and play, Washington could probably lose. And they do have still one more game this season. I think they got to still play uh, – They play somebody. Washington State, I think. Um, But, yeah, man, this this is a game where Washington's got to win. They got to win it. And I feel like it's starting to get to the point now where you need style points. You need to be dominant at some point in one of these two games. You got to show your dominance. Maybe the defense woke up at the end of last week because they played Utah and shut them down in the second half, and maybe that wakes them up. But at the end of the day, Washington's got to get somewhere. They got to be dominant somewhere. And right now, their dominance isn't showing up, and that's a problem for me. And you're fifth right now. Coming in at number six for my crazy six to end it all out is Texas. They're 9-1. Um, this is simple. Like I said a long time ago, if Texas just runs through the Big 12, they're in the college playoffs. I think they. it, it would be hard to not put them in a college playoffs. The only thing that will hurt Texas is if Alabama loses to Georgia. That's it. If Alabama beats Georgia, I don't give a shit. Alabama got wins against Ole Miss, Texas A&M, and LSU, and they now beat Georgia. I don't care. You cannot put them over Texas. You can't. You just can't. You can't put them over Texas because they beat because Texas went to Bama and beat Bama. It's not a good idea. And I get people that's gonna say and say, well, that was a well at that time Bama wasn't Bama and Texas wasn't Texas, but at the end of the day, it's still a win. That's when the head-to-head actually does count over who gets in. I don't give a shit who you beat. And depending on how you beat Georgia, on top of that, is the, the, the single most death-defying situation for you. Because if they don't – because if let's say if they beat Georgia, but they beat them by like, ten, like three or two, Georgia still has a claim to get in the playoffs. I think, to me, though, Texas has to get in because they beat Alabama. And they won a college. They won a, um, the Big 12. Now, yes, Alabama, of course, won SEC. But let's say, like I just said, like the only team you can sit up here and say will not make it is literally Washington if they don't beat Oregon. But if Michigan, and, and here's the craziest part, if let's say my dynamic that what I've been saying plays out, Ohio State loses to Michigan. Michigan loses to Maryland, but Michigan beats Ohio State. You will have a one-loss Alabama team, a one-loss Texas team, and a one-loss Michigan team. Michigan's probably not going to make it. But let's now look at it in the perspective of Oregon, and Washington also plays, and Oregon beats Washington. Now you have a one-loss Washington, (laughs) one-loss Alabama, one-loss Texas, one-loss. But here's the thing. Washington beat the team that is now probably going to be, at that time, probably second or third in the college playoff, first or second in the college playoffs. And you gotta have to have this conversation. I was like, well, Washington did beat Oregon. Texas beat Bama. To me, yes, you know, but Bama has that SEC Championship. And you still have Georgia in the conversation. So it's it's a it's gonna be a bundling situation at the end of the year because
1: I'm gonna be honest,
0: everything does kind of lie on the Michigan Ohio State situation. Because if Michigan, let's say Michigan does beat Maryland and they go into next week, and they play Ohio State, and they beat Ohio, beat Ohio State. Now we're having a whole other conversation where it's like, well, Jim Harbaugh comes back off of suspension, and if they beat, you know, let's say Purdue or whoever the fuck is coming out the Big Ten to play them, and they route them, you kind of now have to not – you can't act like Michigan's not the best team in college football, so you have to put them in. But let's say Georgia loses to Bama. But Texas wins the Big Twelve. It's a lot of shit. And Oregon beats Washington. So it's just it's a lot of shit. This is actually more chaotic than what people are actually paying attention to. It's very fucking chaotic. It's a very chaotic situation. And don't forget the fact that also, I know they got routed in the, the game last week. But Oklahoma State's a really good fucking team. And they could actually beat Texas, which would tight which would take Texas out the conversation. So a lot of things going on, man. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy to see. Going into the hours of college, my eyes on college football This upcoming week, week 12 is the week. And You know how I do this. I got four games. I, I, you know, go from my skeptical game of the week, my most interesting game of the week, my upset game of the week, and, of course, the game of the week. <sighs> so let's get into it, man. My most skeptical game of the week is North Carolina versus Clemson. Now, this is why this is a very skeptical game for me. North Carolina is technically going to the, AFC, the ACC championship game. They're in the ACC championship game. Here's where the problem lies for North Carolina. I don't think they're good. I don't think they're super great and going to do great things and dominate this and dominate that. I think they're okay. And then they could win you some – they could win. But the Clemson – this is why this Clemson game kind of is a little bit shaky. Clemson won last week, and it feels like a team – Clemson seems like a team that just wants to just upset shit. North Carolina, depending, on, I don't think the polls have been out yet. Uh, the polls I think come out at like halftime of this Duke Michigan State game. Um, so we're gonna see where they technically have these teams, but North Carolina is still in the top ten, not top ten, but at least in the top fifteen of the polls. North Carolina almost lost last week, so it's a very Shaky situation for North Carolina. They cannot afford to lose to Clemson going into the ACC championship game against a Florida State. That just is not going to look good. So this is why it's a skeptical game for me. And also being in Clemson, it's a very shaky situation for North Carolina. You cannot lose this game knowing what you got on the horizons for you. That's not a good situation. My most interesting game of the week. I talked about it a lot already, and I speak on it again. Michigan versus Maryland. That is the most interesting game. I do think Maryland can beat Michigan. I, I, I do think Maryland can beat Michigan. Like I said, Tua's little brother is an amazing quarterback. He's actually better than Tua. He's actually more a little bit more athletic than Tua. He actually has a better throw of the – he's more of a, a better thrower of the football than Tua, which people don't know. Um, And Maryland's a really good team. They're 7-3. They're not some, some team that just fell off the court. They can actually ball out there, man. And like I said last year, they almost beat Ohio State. I mean, this is a team in, in, in Maryland that has that ability to stop teams and be good. Plus, on top of that, not having Jim Harbaugh, this might be the game that a team can catch Maryland. Because the Penn State game, they're grabbed up. They want to dominate. They want to show everybody that you, you just screwed us out of our, our chance to really be in the college playoffs. Okay, cool. We're going to show you what it is. The Penn State game is one thing. But this Maryland game is such a, a – a, a, who cares types of field game, that it can literally transform this season to where it's like what a Big Ten wants it to be, which is like Ohio State just has to beat Michigan to get into the to the championship the Big Ten championship game. But like I've been saying, I don't think they're going to lose to Ohio State, but they can lose this game. That is why it's the most interesting game because as much as we sit up here, as much as Michigan can sit up here and say it's, it's Michigan versus the world right now. You can actually lose this game. And then it's just like, well, see, there it is. So that's why it's my most interesting game. My uh, um, upset game of the week is Texas. And they're going to Iowa State. Oh, man. Iowa State is such a a catch-you-off-guard team. They're so good at that shit. Especially late in the season. They're so good at that shit. And being... That it's going to be in Iowa State. They have the defense. They have the ability to do it. Ohio State is Iowa State is always a, a, a catchy game. It's always a, a, a very shaky game going to um, Iowa State, man. But Texas, you don't know what you're about to get into. And I think that that is the thing about this situation. That's why I got it as my upset game of the week. Like again, I said, like I said, I don't know what Texas is going to be ranked. Uh, doing this, this, this upcoming, you know, coals, but man, this is not good. <laughs> like, like this is not a good game for Texas at all, at all. And my game of the week is Washington versus Oregon State. Like I said earlier, when I put Washington in my five, um, this game is such a shaky game for Washington because again, they're on the road. It's a, it's a game where you don't really know who can. Who can truly win this game until you see it, like you physically see this game play out? Um, Washington's defense, like I said, maybe in the second half of that game against Utah, they finally woke up. They realized, okay, we have to be this way to win these games. But it can easily be a shootout or it could be a complete and utter uh, dominance, a domination game. I don't know which one is going to be. That's why it's my game of the week. At this time in the in the college football season, you cannot have a speed bump like this. You cannot have a roadblock like this. Where Oregon State, who's always been good this season, they just had a lot of games early in the season that they just couldn't get over. But this is a team in Oregon State that can definitely beat Washington. It just depends on what Washington they're gonna try to beat. And that and it really relies on what Washington wants to do. Now, before I get into the NFL, like I said earlier, uh, some of the news going on. So it was announced today that in Saudi Arabia, they are going to be two major heavyweights getting back into the ring, Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Now, they're not going to be fighting each other. (laughs) They're just going to be on the same ticket together, the same pay-per-view together. Um, What do I think of this situation? Good for heavyweight boxing. I mean, after you saw what just happened with the Tyson Fury and uh, Francis Nagagu uh, uh fight, that just didn't go as planned for boxing. You kind of need this now. Now, I don't know, again, what's going to happen with, Fran- uh, with Fury and Usyk, but um, seeing two heavyweights that was supposed to be projected as the two best heavyweights at that time before Fury got back into boxing... It's a good situation for them. Now, it depends on what happens. Uh, I would love to still see Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder fight. I think it would be a great boxing match. It would be really fucking interesting to see how that would play out. Um, I think Joshua is a somewhat better fighter, he's a better boxer. But we all know if Deontay Wilder catches him with that punch, his ass is going night night. So it depends. On the other hand, I know there's a fight going on December 9th. Uh, yeah, Regis uh Pro Graves versus Devin Henney. I was at the game Friday, and Regis Pro Graves was actually at the game. He was actually uh trying to shoot the ball, trying to uh, help some people out, man. Uh, so to see Regis at the game Friday, uh, Rockets and the Heart Horn- uh, and the Pelicans was really dope. Um, but yeah, man. That fight's gonna be interesting, man. I, I don't I don't I don't feel good about the fight for Devin Henney. I think you're moving up in weight. That's not a good situation. I think you might get caught. And Regis is a different type of animal, man. Regis has been trying to get to this this type of level of success and fame for a minute. And I think he's gonna hurt you. I I, I, I don't think this is Limachenko took his foot off the gas in certain rounds. I don't think Regis is gonna take his foot off the gas in these rounds. And Devin Henney doesn't have punches that could really hurt you like that, um, and I and I don't think that's a good situation um, at all, man. And so those are those are some fights I'm looking forward to seeing what's gonna happen. Yeah. Also, before I get into the NFL, let me talk about some basketball, man. Basketball has been going on. I'm not gonna speak on the the, the Clippers being on 4 with James Harden. I've already spoken on that. I don't care. To me, the Clippers are never going to the to the to the uh, NBA Finals. They ain't never getting out of the first or second round of the playoffs. You got too many injuries, too many question marks, and not enough fucking players that can actually make real plays for you. It's a bad situation. If I was Steve Ballmer, I would have traded Kawhi Leonard and Paul George a year ago. That's just me because I'd rather rebuild with the ability that we already have. these players. I'd rather have rebuilt then than have to rebuild next fucking season because that's exactly what the fuck you're about to do. You're about to rebuild next fucking season, despite what you think. This team isn't going anywhere far at all, except if you just 100% say, fuck it, doing a trade deadline, and that is just Trey Kawhi and Trey Paul George and get them the fuck off your team. Outside of that, I don't think this team is going far. I just don't see it. Now. Here's where this uh, kind of gets, I guess, so interesting. So, um, Minnesota is dominating right now. Minnesota beat, um, Denver gave Denver their first loss, gave Boston their first loss, routed the Pelicans, beat the Warriors playing the Warriors tonight. And I said this, um, I kind of said this, um, during my NBA preview. I said if I was the, you know, Minnesota Timberwolves, I would just be 100% like this is Anthony Edwards team. This is yours. Do whatever you will. And I said, if Carl if anthony Towns had a problem with that, you should trade his ass. Well, it seems that Minnesota has agreed to what the fuck I said, which is, this is Anthony Edwards' team. Like, let this man cook. Let this man be that guy. And he is becoming that guy. Um, Minnesota, with this type of ability and this type of situation, they can definitely... Definitely be one of the best teams in the Western Conference. They have the ability. The problem was you kept trying to run your offense through somebody that one probably was not always healthy, or two, just didn't have that, uh, that killer instinct in him. Anthony Edwards has that killer instinct in him, and he could get you to the to at least the playoffs and win you some games in the playoffs. So for me personally, Minnesota made the right decision by saying, Okay, this is the guy. Sorry. Um which brings me to the opposite side of this, which is the Pelicans. Um, like I said, went to the game Friday. Rock Pelicans, the uh, play in, in-season play in season play-in tournament. Um after the game, Zion because they lost. Zion said that uh, you know, he's trying to buy in to the Pelicans, trying to buy into this. And, you know, he's not used to losing and all this shit. But my thing with that is, bro, you've been gone for two years. Two years. You haven't touched a basketball court in two years. You haven't been consistently healthy in two years. Shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You don't want to buy in? Trade his ass. This is what I've been saying about players like that. You don't want to buy in? Trade his ass. Get the fuck out of the locker room. I don't want you here. Why are you acting like this is some shit that just you never thought? Like, dude, get the fuck out the locker room, then. That's a cancer that's growing, and you don't want to get rid of it yet because you're trying to figure it out. What is it? It's a cancer. It's a bad one. Get the fuck out the locker room. I would have traded Zion two fucking years ago. I would have got his ass the fuck out of New Orleans when he was starting to have those those rumored stories coming out that he didn't – he didn't know what the franchise was doing, and he didn't. I would have traded his ass then. His parents want him out of the city. Okay, cool. I let your ass out the city. You can go home. Bye. I would trade Zion right the fuck now. I watched him Friday night. The dude can play. But it's certain things that nigga does that I can't get by. You can't make free throws. You can't really shoot jump shots. You don't play defense. Like, The fuck are you there for? You just dunk, nigga? That's all you do? The fuck? No, bro. No, 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 no. I'd rather see him go somewhere and do whatever the fuck he wants to do and think the grass is greener on the other side and get something really good back for him because there's still somebody stupid enough to think that this kid is actually going to be a franchise-changing player. So, if that is the case, you can get a bundle for that motherfucker. I know you can. If CJ McCullum is really out for a while, I would trade his ass to Atlanta and see if we can get Trey Young. I would trade his ass to Atlanta and see if we can get Trey Young. Because Atlanta continue to talk that shit like Trey Young ain't that guy. Okay, we'll trade him. Trade him to us. I would love to see it. Matter of fact, I'm going to be promoting that. Scion for Trey Young. Fuck yeah. Let's get this done. Let's get it going. What's up? I'm with it. Let's do it. I'm with it. Zion for Trey Young. What's up, Atlanta? Y'all want to do this trade? What's up? We get what you think is a headache, and you get what is a headache. <sighs> Let's get into it now. NFL. Now, before I get into my big four and I get into my levels of warning, I got to talk about what's going on in the NFL as well, man. Um... <laughs> so, Buffalo fired their head, uh, the officer coordinator Ken Darcy, uh, today. Um, After losing to the Denver Broncos last night, uh, you fired the officer coordinator. Okay, whatever. Do you think? Okay, whatever. Do you think? It is what it is. The problem with that situation is the fact that you fired this man. Acting like Josh Allen isn't the fucking problem. You find the man acting like the Buffalo Bills offense just sucks. For the first time in a long time, I actually saw the fucking Buffalo Bills actually run somebody that is not named Josh Allen, and he almost had – I think he had 100 yards. James Cook almost had like 100 yards or had 100 yards. Buffalo is just not a good offensive team. We already know this. We're acting like there's some – it's just some miss, like a missed situation. And I saw somewhere today – I wanna say Shannon Sharp said it or somebody said it. I can't remember. But somebody was like, um It was Shannon Sharp, yeah. He was talking to Chad Otrosenko. And he was on he was on their podcast and he was saying that uh that thirteen seconds that happened a couple years ago in the playoffs against them and the Kansas City Chiefs, which I've always said, he said that looked like it it broke Josh Allen because now it seems like he plays with this abandon this reckless abandonment where it's like I got to make the play every fucking time because if I don't, we're going to probably lose. But that's been Josh Allen. I don't think it, it's, it has anything to do with though, that game. Now, does it have some like some some indication of where it comes from? Yeah, I think he does feel like, man, that might have been the closest we've ever been, and we I did everything right, and we still lost. That's just because the team was just better. That's not because of you. The team was just better. And at the end of the day, you could sit here and get mad at it, but the team is just better than yours. But Josh Allen has always been that way. His rookie year, go look at his rookie year. He had the most turnovers his rookie fucking year. This isn't anything different. The only difference is is Brian Dable is not there to pull him back because Sean McDermott is is not that guy. He is not that guy. Now, something that um, Colin Cowherd said, which – was Sean McDermott is the guy that comes in and cleans up the organization and gets shit right for the next head coach to really take them to the Super Bowl. And I'm starting to believe that is true. I do believe that. I think the Sean McDermott experience is fucking done. The defense isn't getting better. It's gotten worse. Now, yes, he got injuries on his defense, so that is one not damning, damning situation. But at the same time, it's not like you're doing anything to make them better also. You're not changing the defensive schemes. You're not doing anything to help them out. You're just letting them play the way they're playing. Knowing you have certain injuries at certain levels on your defense, that's a fucking problem for me. At the end of the day, man, Buffalo is 5-5. Five and five. They're now going to let uh, Joe Brady, uh, former LSU office coordinator, coach the offense. Um, me personally, I said this last year and i said say it again. Buffalo's done. Buffalo's not changing this around. Buffalo's not getting better. This team is so Josh Allen predicated that it's just like, bro, you have no chance in any of these games because your offense isn't capable of doing anything but Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. And that's great if you're winning, but when you start to lose, it's like, fuck, what is this? And that's exactly what Buffalo is right now. It's a big-ass, what the fuck is this? They're not catching Miami. You're probably not making the AFC playoffs because I don't think you're even remotely good compared to the NFC North. The AFC North, Mm -hmm. one or both teams from the AFC South is probably going to make it. One or two teams from the AFC South might make it. And if not, the AFC West might have two teams. So you already are in a disadvantage because either the AFC North is going to have all four teams make it, or the AFC South is going to have two teams make it, or the AFC West is going to have two teams make it. So I don't think Buffalo has a chance in hell of making it to even the playoffs. Like it's it's getting to the point where it's getting to the it's getting to the point where you have to now figure it out. And I don't know if they're going to man. Their schedule the next couple of weeks is going to be brutal as shit. And you don't have a bye week to smooth out the situation. That's the crazy part. You don't even have a bye week anymore. You should have fired Ken Dorsey during your bye week, and now you don't have one. So now you have to just go off the fly and try to figure out what the fuck you can figure out against a Jets defense that isn't super bad. They can do some things. So uh, I'm I'm really uh, (sighs) about this situation, man. Anyway, let's get into it, man. The big four of this upcoming week for me this week um, starts off like this. At number one, even though they were on by, I still got to give it to them, and that's the Philadelphia Eagles, man. Philly, like I've been saying, man, Philly's got to be – Philly, to me, has got to have a complete game. They haven't had a complete game. Offensively, defensively, they just have – they have not had a complete game. It might be Monday it might be Monday. They go to Arrowhead against the Kansas City Chiefs, it might be Monday. So I do believe that as good as the Eagles are, and they're 8-1, and they've figured out a way to win these games, and that is awesome, and that is great, but at the same time, they got to have a complete game at some point. And I just don't, I haven't seen one yet. Maybe it's Monday, or maybe it's not and and that's kind of where the conversation really lies cuz i think they are the best team in the NFC and i think they might be the, and they are one of the best teams in the NFL. They just got to have a complete game to me. Coming in at number 2 is the second best team in the NFC and that is the Detroit Lions. Detroit is 7 and 2. They go up against the Bears this upcoming week. Of course, Thursday night uh, next Thursday will be Thanksgiving, which means they're going to be playing as Green Bay Packers. The thing about the the thing about the the the, the Detroit Lions right now in this smush window of division is that Minnesota's coming like Minnesota has a chance to catch Detroit at some point during this season so these next two games you can't have a a, a, a Detroit game a former Detroit game where it's like we can lose one and still no 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 you have to win these two games you have Chicago if Justin Fields is plan or not we don't know and then green bay who has complete and utter struggles right now on offense they don't know what they're doing you have to win these two games and to me depending on what the eagles look like in the next two weeks because they have you know kansas city monday and then buffalo Bills sunday those are two games the eagles can either win very convincingly or lose very convincingly so it's just like what is this so detroit has a chance not only to be the team they have a chance to be the best team, and I think that that's something that Detroit is going to be definitely gunning for these next two weeks. But yeah, Detroit to me is the second best team in college in the NFL. They're the second best team in the NFL. I don't, I don't know anybody that will sit up here and tell you that they're not. Number three is the Kansas City Chiefs. They come in at seven and two. Like I said, also one of the teams that was uh, on bodies last week. I don't think Kansas City's again. I don't think Kansas City's that great. They're offensively in shambles. They don't really know what they're doing. Maybe this week gets better. Maybe Andy Reid you know that that he doesn't lose after bye week. Shit kind of kicks in at some point and it makes sense of it. But at the same time I just don't think that um, Kansas City is that great defensively. Yes, they're really good. But I also feel like they're the epitome of bend but don't break. I think at some point they're going to play an offense that's just better than they are, and I feel like that's kind of what the Eagles are going to show you this Monday in Kansas City. As good as that defense is going to be against the Eagles, the Eagles have too many weapons and too many people that could catch that defense, so you can try that blitz shit with the Eagles and get absolutely gutted by A.J. Brown. Try it. Go ahead. See what happens. So, I think the Eagles are the best team and I think Kansas City is the third best team. You're seven and two. You are what your record is, but at the same time you are what you look like. And I think Kansas City's offense isn't getting better anytime soon. That's just me. Coming in at number four. And coming in at number four. Um I've been debating this. Because I had I had one team and then I was debating should I put the other team back in it? Yeah, I know they lost, but shut I put them in it. And I chose not to, and I'm going I'm to keep it as I have it. And that is at number four, the Minnesota Vikings. And they are now six and four. Uh, they go to Denver this upcoming week on Sunday Night Football. Um, a game that two, three weeks ago, we probably would have been screaming, flex that shit out. I don't want to see that. Um, Minnesota play. I watched the game Sunday, of course, because the Vikings played the Saints. Um for the most part, Josh Dobbs is electrifying. He's very great. But I do think he does have deficiencies. I don't think he's just – there's a reason for why Josh Dobbs has been a backup for all of his career. This isn't just some new shit that he now does. Like, it's a reason why Josh Dobbs is now, you know, having this success. But it's not like – this feels – you know what this feels like? This feels like the Casey – the Casey, uh the in Keenum year. The Casey Keenum years where – that year when Casey Keenum just took over and was just the best, you know, quarterback in the in, in, in NFL. And everybody's like, oh, my God, this team is so great. Look at this guy. He's just, whoever thought Casey Keenum was this. It feels like that. It feels like right now people are just so enamored with Josh Dobbs and they're like, oh, my God, this guy is so great. It feels like that. It feels like that Minnesota team. The difference is with this that Minnesota team and this team here with Josh Dobbs is – As good as Josh Dobbs is, yes, he's electrifying. But can he keep that shit up the whole year? I don't think he can. And that's where the problem hits. I think Minnesota's good. I think Minnesota's defense is starting to really show what they are. I've been saying Brian Flores was going to get this defense defense right. And like I just said about Detroit, Detroit cannot now have this idea in their heads that they could just walk through the AFC, the NFC NART, and think it's going to be theirs now. Minnesota has a chance to actually win uh, the NFC North, which two, three, four, five weeks ago, that shit looked ab- abysmal. Like, it looked like it was never going to happen. Now nah, nah, it's, it, it, it's a possibility. But I just think, as good as Minnesota looks right now, eventually Minnesota's going to play a team that is just, it's just better than them. And you can't sit up here and lie and say they're not. No, they're, they're just better than them. So, yeah. But that's my four. Eagles, Lions, Chiefs, Vikings. My levels of warning this upcoming week. Um, my yellow, which is caution. My orange, which is panic time. And my red, which is DOE. Let's get into it. My levels of caution. My levels was a warning, and that caution, yellow, is the Baltimore Ravens. They're 7-3 um, on a season Thursday night. They play the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, this was the team that I was talking about, where I was like, should I put them in to keep them in the top four, or should I not have them in the four? And I decided not to put them in the four. Um, I feel like the Ravens at 7-3. and three, their losses are completely self afflicted. It's not like they lost these games because they just wasn't that team. They've lost two divisional games and they lost one to the Colts. This is a situation in Baltimore right now where I feel like they're so good that they're stupid. They have so many problems on that they can they, they get they're so good that sometimes they just lose games that you're not supposed to fucking lose. And I feel like If they're dominating you, you're good. The moment they don't dominate you and it goes into the fourth quarter, then you start to see the deficiencies of the Baltimore Ravens. And I think that is kind of what the situation has been. You don't lose two games to divisional teams. I don't give a shit how you lost them. You don't do that, especially when we all know you're better than them. The fact of the matter is you lost one in Pittsburgh because your receivers dropped the ball. Okay, whatever. But then you also lost to the Baltimore Then you lost to Cleveland last week when you were up like 14 points in the fourth quarter, and you lost that game. There is no reason for you to lose that fucking football game. Cleveland's offense ain't that fucking great, and that's the crazy part. You didn't get better. Their offense is not that great, and the fact that you still lost that game is even fucking more outrageous. You should have never lost that game. For me, I think Baltimore is one of the best teams in football. But at the same time, this is a fucking problem. That is a problem that you're losing games that you're supposed to be winning. And on top of that, it's not just you're losing games you're supposed to be winning. It's how you're losing games that you're supposed to be winning. You had three games you've lost. In all three games, you led and you lost the fucking game. That's a problem for me. And if you lose Thursday night, there's a conversation to be had that maybe, just maybe, You don't win the AFC North because let's say Cleveland beats Pittsburgh or Pittsburgh beats Cleveland, they jump you. And now you're the second or third best team in the AFC North, which you need home field. You do not want to go on the road. (coughs) Excuse me. But that's just how I look at it. Um, Orange panic time, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars that sit at 6-3. Okay, let me let me let me say this. I do not have a vendetta against Trevor Lawrence or the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have a vendetta against these dumbass people in the media that already think Trevor Lawrence is Joe Montana or Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Like the man has already won the Super Bowls. Y'all just haven't seen him yet. No, he is Trevor Lawrence. He is okay. He can win you games. And this is the thing. Yes. Like every NFL quarterback, if everything goes right, you're probably going to win a lot of these games. That's what's supposed to fucking happen. The problem is when you play up to your competition, you show up. That's what you're supposed to do. You played San Francisco off of a bye. They were off of a bye, and you were off of a bye. They had a three-game losing streak. You had a five-game winning streak. You were at home, and you got your ass routed. 34-3. to three. And I'm supposed to sit up here and say, but it was Trevor Lawrence's fault. Yes, the fuck it was. That's a terrible fucking game. You didn't have anything. Bro, you knew Chase Young had got traded to the San Francisco 49ers for a week. And I know technically you don't know what that looked like. But you know what San Francisco 49ers defense looks like. Yes, Chase Young is a new element to it. But you're telling me you don't know Nick Post is on that defensive line? Hargrave is on that defense line. You don't know any of this shit? Come on, bro. Like, stop it. Jacksonville is not that great. They're okay. The games that they have won, let's look at the teams that they actually played. They played us, the Saints, on a Thursday night game. Outside of that first half, Trevor Lawrence literally had to make his name. Teron Matthew on on, on, uh, Christian Kirk in a slot. Man, the man is the dumbest defensive decision that you ever made. But let's not act like the Saints also didn't come back in that game and almost beat them. And could have tied the game and went into overtime. So let's not act like this is just that. So look at all the teams Jacksonville has played. What team in in that five-game winning streak window was so great that they beat? Buffalo sucks now. We clearly know that. (laughs) Like – Let's be real about this. What type of team did they play that you're like, wow, they really beat that team? They're six and three. And here's the crazy part. You can actually lose the division. The Colts still have a chance, but it's the Texans, man. If the Texans play the Jags, and they play them in a couple weeks here in Houston, if they if the Texans continue to roll like they're rolling and the Jags at some point lose again. That game, next that when they play each other here in Houston, could be for the AFC South. And I am not 100% convinced that Trevor Lawrence wins that game. Because here's the thing people don't know. Trevor Lawrence has never beat Houston in his career. So, this is the only season that the Jags have to win the AFC South outright. Because the next three years, the next couple of years, I don't think you in Houston. I don't think you're better than the coach, and I don't think you're gonna be better than Tennessee, which is shocking to say. I don't think you're gonna be better than Tennessee. So for me personally, man, it is damn sure time in Jacksonville. What the fuck are y'all talking about? And last but not least, my DOA. I'm gonna just say it like this. It's the entire and it's the entire New York football scene. The Giants and the Jets. Usually I have one team for this, but let's just get into it. The Giants and the Jets. The Giants are 2-8. I saw people literally sit up here and try to act like Dallas beating the Giants was like some Super Bowl trophy. No, it's not. It's the fucking Giants. They have their third-string quarterback playing who, for the last two weeks, have been pretty much handcuffing this kid and trying to just make whatever can be done. The Giants are 2-8. And here's the thing. Me and my brother... Me and my brother uh, Juan talked about this. Should the Giants think about tr- drafting? Pretty much. Um, should the Giants think about drafting a quarterback? Should they move in a new direction, off of a Daniel Jones? And I said, uh, I said, yeah. I think mean, they should think about going in a whole new direction. Yes, forty million dollars for Daniel Jones is one thing. But the kid is not getting better. That offense does not look great. It's, it has never looked really that great. But <laughs> it was the funniest part. The Giants' offense is exactly like the Patriots' offense. A bunch of what-the-fuck receivers are okay running backs. Saquon's is way better than a lot of those Patriots' running backs. But the Giants have always had really good running backs. But the quarterback is just very dismal. Like, bismal. like he's, he's not good. He's just not that guy. Daniel Jones got paid $40 million for having a rookie season last year. $40 million for throwing 15 touchdowns and over 4,000 yards. That's a rookie season in the NFL nowadays. And the owner of the fucking Giants thought that was a good idea. (laughs) They, They was like, that's a great idea. The owner of the Giants has fucked his franchise and probably set them back for years. Because of this dumbass decision that he's so infatuated with Daniel Jones to the point where you are going to go past what your own head coach now thinks of this kid. Your own head coach has said this kid is not ready. He is not that guy. We should have a way different guy at quarterback. Soon as y'all sign Daniel Jones to $40 million, you know the first thing the head coach said at the podium? We need to now sign Saquon Barkley. We need to get him under this contract. We need to get him under this roof because if not, we are not going to succeed this season. Here it is. I don't think the Giants are great, and I don't think the Giants are going to get great anytime soon until the owner literally sits up here and says, I fucked up. I probably should have never put my personal feelings into this situation. I have to cut the ties. I have to get rid of this kid or at least have him on the bench because he's not going to be that guy for us this year. And maybe even not next year or maybe even never. He's not that guy. The fact that you try to make him that guy just makes it worse. What's making it even worse is your counterparts, the Jets. The Jets are 4-5. They lost to the Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Every damn game I hear now that is Zach Wilson's fault. It's not Zach Wilson's fault. This offense sucked. It was going to suck with Aaron Rodgers or not with Aaron Rodgers. I said this shit the entire offseason. I said you got Aaron Rodgers to do absolutely nothing. The offensive line is not great, and the fucking receiving core is Gary Wilson and some dudes. That is literally the Jets offense it was going to suck with or without Aaron Rodgers, regardless. I don't know why the fuck people act like Zach Wilson is just this terrible fucking quarterback. Zach Wilson is only given what he's got. And if this was Aaron Rodgers and he was having this bad of a season, you would sit here and say, the Jets just don't have anything. Exactly, motherfucker, the Jets don't have anything. This is the problem that I had with the Jets coming into the season. They were never going to be this competitive team that people kept screaming about. They have a really good defense, yes, but that defense is going to do so fucking much. That offense sucks, with or without Aaron Rodgers. That offense was going to suck. It don't change anything. My fact, the fact of the matter is this: the Jets are now in a position where you have to ask, you ask yourself, what do we really do about this situation? Do we actually move on? From this idea that Aaron Rodgers can be the quarterback. Because next year he's going to be 40 years old. I know he's saying he's trying to come back in December. Come back in December. Come back in December. Come on. Come back in December. And get your ass re-injured and ending your career. Because you are not going to do anything that Zach Wilson is already doing. Zach Wilson could barely move the ball down the field. You think you can going to come in and change that shit? Really? Fuck out of here, dude. The Jets are in the same boat as the Giants. The only difference is the Jets have two wins over the, better than the Giants. That's it. They're the same exact franchise. A fucking dumpster fire supreme. That's all it is. <sighs> anyway, this has been I Bleed Sports. Hope you guys enjoyed this, man. I am Brand new, And like always, on all podcast platforms everywhere. Brand new Show. YouTube channel, Brandon Janus Show. Until next time. Until next week. Peace.